and it's important to recognize where you can add value with whether it's with your experience whether it's with your passion where can you add value within the company when you when you approach them sound advice from our first guest of the new year ambika mamgain Ambika was talking about how people can get into luxury e-commerce, but it is advice that's applicable to any industry. This is Changing Careers, a podcast about the changing nature of MBA careers and how MBAs can change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. The management consultancy firm Bain estimates that online sales of personal luxury goods will grow from its present level of 9% to 25% by 2020. That's a huge transition. The company, Yuxnetta Porter, is probably best positioned for this growth. We will learn today how the industry is changing, how Ambika landed a job two years after an initial interview, and then made the transition to her current role with Yuxnetta Porter. As always, we start with Ambika introducing herself. So um, I'm Ambika. Um, I work as a strategic program manager in the off-season branch of Yuxnetapote. So what is off-season? Uh, and I guess the other question would be, what is in-season? Yep. So if you think about all the stuff which traditionally you buy in the outlet, which is not within the fashion season, um, that is what we call off-season. And anything which is relevant to the current, um, like, autumn winter collection and so on, whatever is relevant is called in-season. So in the fashion world, there's two seasons a year, is that it? No, there are four seasons. Oh, yeah, there really are yeah. four seasons. <laughs> and they're becoming even more and more as, yeah, the seasons are becoming even uh, more than four for a lot of fashion brands as a way to um, tap into this fast fashion uh, phenomena. Could you talk us through your career transitions after the MBA? So after the MBA, I joined Amazon in their MBA Pathways program, which was more operations focused. Um, And my experience before the MBA was helpful in landing uh, that role. For me, why it was interesting was because of the company. It was like um, a growing company, a very relevant company. And so uh, for me, it made sense to join Amazon. Um, but two years into the ops world, I knew that that's not what I wanted to do long term. And um, L'Oreal, they approached me because they were looking for someone um, to run their um, like a new team, which they were forming for new products, new product launches. Um, I had met the HR in Cambridge. So during the MBA, I was in talks with L'Oreal as well as Amazon. Um, and in the end, Amazon came through. And then uh, two years later, L'Oreal came back and said, we have something like this in the London office. Would you be interested? And I jumped at the opportunity and I ended up joining L'Oreal. Um, within L'Oreal, I was still a part of the supply chain team. But um, what was helpful was I was doing projects which were very multifunctional. For example, um, new product launches where I was working very closely with marketing and merchandising. And after that, uh, new brand integration, which was about integrating two new brands that L'Oreal had bought within their luxury portfolio. Um, And that was also a very multifunctional role. Um, So that kind of gave the right experience for me to take the next step 
um, I was very much interested in moving towards um, like a strategic role more which is focused within business um, and this aligned Hughes Netup Hotel role aligned quite well with what I want to do long term. Hughes Netup Hotel is a merger of two companies. So could you explain what is Hughes? What is Netaporter and what is the two of them together? <laughs> sure. So Hughes uh, started off in Milan. Um, the founder was Federico Marchetti, who um, started again this outlet kind of business. So he got all the big brands to sell their off-season inventory to him. And, uh, and this is like luxury Luxury fashion, fashion, yes. The same big brands. And because a lot of luxury brands are... Um, Italian, they have Italian roots, so he kind of took advantage of the fact um, that the inventory was available in Italy to then form this online business uh, where he was selling um, luxury to um, customers who, were, who wanted it cheap um, and did not mind that it was not in season, did not mind that it was the current relevant season. Um, and then Netapoter, if you look at Netapoter's beginning, it was started by um, uh, Natalie Massenet in uh, UK. And it was more about creating an online space for luxury fashion. So it was a lot about what is very um, in-trend, in-season, big brands, and how do you give a very luxurious service, even if it's online? So she was kind of the pioneer, especially in the UK market with that. And then cut to today, where both the companies merged, and they have a lot of synergy because um, Netapoter also has one small um, website, which is the Outnet, which is off-season. So there is the Outnet and Ukes, which are the off-season brands now, and Netapoter and Mr. Poter, which is more about what is current and in-season. You, you mentioned... Um this experience, this online experience for luxury fashion. And we're, we're talking here in the Yuxnetapotter office in Westfield, uh, the village where there's all these high-end shops and luxury shops. How do you recreate that uh, feel or that experience of shopping for luxury online? You know, like exclusivity is a big part of the luxury offering. And there are a lot of different ways that you can create it in offline versus online. Like offline, the face-to-face -face, um, experience that a person has when they enter a shop can also, whereas in online, it can be a lot about the customer service you give, um, having personal shoppers. So, you know, you, are, you can pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, I'm looking for this particular watch, and they will do everything they can to, to get you what you want. So there is a lot of different ways of creating that exclusivity through personalization, for example, and so on. So I think it's very relevant online for luxury. And if you see in today's world, they are both blending together, the offline and online. Like if you look at someone like Farfetch, they are also creating this store of the future because there is this um, acceptance about the fact that people want to feel and touch certain things. But they might not, like you, you can go to a store, experience something, and you might not buy it there. 
you can then later on go on and find your phone in your on your phone go and buy it so you know like the consumer journey can go from offline to online and back to offline in lot of different ways so now i think more and more people are not talking about offline and online separately but how they both interact with each other to create the right experience for consumer i guess that's also leads to that kind of challenge of how do you track a customer because the customer is going to be interacting with your your company your brand in a variety of online and offline not just tracking but also like how do you create a consistent experience for them online versus offline like if they relate to your brand in a certain way then you have to give them the same experience whether it's they enter a shop or they open the the web page um so yeah it's 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 a challenge for uh, for companies today but even the the mono brand uh, in luxury have realized that they can't just be offline they have to have both the presence yuxnet reported you do not, do you uh, design and produce your own lines of fashion or is it a case of acquiring uh the items from all these other brands most of it is from other brands but we do have some of our labels so yuks has recently launched um eight which is an in-house label and outnet has had iris and ink which is an in-house label but uh, yeah most of it is like the big well recognized brands so yourself you've joined yuks net apporter as a strategic program manager can you talk a bit about what that mean um yeah so um it's a mix of strategic initiatives like from um initially business casing to understanding what is that we need to target in our 3 year old 3 year roadmap um to then in that particular year running and doing program managing some of those projects for example it can be um like localizing in certain areas where you have to work across different geographies with different people from different functions to um then launch in a particular country so i would be the one who would take the lead in in those cases or um creating business cases to say what is the right investment what are the right bets in the next 3 years that the company should make so um there is a bigger team within in season who look at strategy um uh, but in within off season with yuxnet apoder has just started the team so i'm uh, the only one in off season right now as a company does that mean that most of the people here are doing strategy business development marketing supply chain rather than designing luxury fashion like a retailer like you know harrods or selfridges you would have buying teams who would look at what your product is going to be that you that you want to sell so what is the inventory you want to carry and it's very much like that uh, but do we have fashion de- designers not really because you would um have that kind of input only for your own brands so for uh, like iris and ink you would have uh, a team which is much more involved in what the design should be and so on but for most part of it um yuxnet apoter is an online retailer so um yeah you would have the buying team who would define what is going to be um sold on the website you yourself you've had a great career in terms of e-commerce with uh, great companies you also have a, uh, you're also a mother 
uh, and uh, you've got what, is it two children, quite young. Um, how is how has it been being uh, a mother, as well as being uh, having a professional career in a company that, you know, in companies have been growing so far. For companies to retain this talent pool of um, women a particular age, um, and you know, particular family situation. If they want to retain this talent, the, the way forward is to be um, to give them the flexibility, you know. So it's, it, it can't be about like time clocking that you have to work nine to five and so on. And it has to be much more than that. And more and more companies are doing that, not just for women, but also for men. I mean, I have to say this, like no disrespect to someone, but the fact that you're asking me this question says that, you know, we recognize the fact that most of the, the childcare falls onto a woman today. Like, you wouldn't ask this question to, to, to a man. Don't worry, I'll ask your partner what's up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not to say that we shouldn't ask this question, but it is just recognizing the fact that most of the childcare falls on, 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 a, on a woman. Yeah. Um, so... How do I balance? I, I think for me, um, I ask for support wherever I need it. Um, I mean, I am ambitious and people around me know that, who are my support system. So my husband recognizes that. Uh, my family, I'm surrounded by friends who are incredible women, who are, some of them are also mothers. And it, it is very important for me to have my own, uh, like, to have my own individuality. Um, and has always been like that. So it was never that um, after having a kid, I'll be just a mother. It was like, I will still be Ambika. And um, it's not to say it's not challenging, but it's getting the right support around me to, to be able to do all the things I want to do and all the things I have to do. Lastly, you know, what advice would you give to uh, an MBA student who's interested to work in luxury fashion or in luxury retail? Luxury fashion is, is evolving a lot. Like we are saying, you know, the, the impact of e-commerce has created a lot of different roles and skill sets which you would not have earlier associated with luxury. So I think there is a lot of scope for people to get into it. And it's important to recognize where you can add value with whether it's with your experience, whether it's with your passion, where can you add value within the company when you when you approach them? Um, like with any other company, you know, like if the company wants to know what you can offer before they um, they offer you something. So it's very crucial to understand where you as an individual can add value before you get into the company. Um, and I think, um, like, I mean, I, I really like it. <laughs> it's just been a month and a half in Uxnet up water, but so far so good. Um, and I guess just constantly striving towards what your long-term goal is has landed me here. So I would say don't lose focus, even if in short term, you had to um, take an opportunity which doesn't look exactly like what you wanted to do in the long term. If you keep that goal in mind, you can reach there. That was Ambika Maungai on how she has managed her career transitions within the e-commerce space. It was great to hear how she kept contact with a recruiter such that 
two years after an initial interview, the right job offer at the right time came through. Our conversation also got me thinking about work and family roles. As a father myself of a seven-year-old girl, I've had the good fortune of working in an environment that supports parents. But there is still a common assumption that women have to make a binary choice between professional success and family. As Ambika said, progressive companies will do well if they can help parents get the most from work and family lives. Remember to subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you have time, please leave a rating and review. It helps others discover the show. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers.